morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of The Blacksmith's Furnace with me, Robert. Me, Mo. And me, Pete. All right. We've got Jamila with us today. Hi. We've got a very special guest, Vincent, with us. Hello. Future Prime Minister in the making. Don't know, don't know. <laughs> it's not even a joke. You guys, just watch. Oh, my days. What a weekend it's been. You know, Man United won the FA Cup. Hang tight. The Red Devils, innit? No. Can you, as a question, can you support the Red Devils? We've had this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You haven't got time for tangents. <laughs> but Crystal Palace, my local team, I was in Mallorca and I watched the match and I felt like they got robbed. The ref was on Man United's side and I feel bad for them. But I'm proud of them for getting that far because, you know, no one don't really rate Crystal Palace. Yeah, well, there's, there's not much to rate. But anyway. Ah! Oh! They got to the finals. Race them. Anyone, anyone, anyone can get to the Race finals. Them, what was it? It was Portsmouth. Port, Portsmouth got to the finals and then got relegated Leicester. that same season. <laughs> Serious. Leicester. Let's talk about. Alright, let's forget football for now. Because okay. that's not what we're here to talk about. So there was football and then there was boxing. You see, oh, yeah. David Hay just knock out that guy. What's his name? That was a waste of a fight. That's, not, yeah. that's why I don't follow boxing. Because basically, don't watch it if it's free on Dave. No, <laughs> <laughs> now, you know what? No, I rate Dave Stone. Them Top Gear reruns, yeah, I rate Dave. Life. But speaking of, of boxing, I came to a, a realization just on my way to, to, to Mo's house today. So, for the past two weeks, Pete's just been sending for me non stop. <laughs> and, 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 and I've been thinking, why has this guy been sending for me? What have I done? And then I realized why. I'm, I know what it was. Oh, why? Because Peter went to boxing with Mo, and he got punched in the jaw. And then, <laughs> and then since then, he's just been angry. <laughs> and he's been taking that out of me. Hey, I didn't go boxing. I, it was karate. You're not supposed to punch in the face. And the guy was fine with, like, proper cleaned out my jaw. My, I still, it still hurts. It was two weeks ago. Still hurts. So basically, Peter got punched up, and he's taken that out of me. Fair enough, fair enough. He's just been sending shots at me for, like, the past two weeks. <laughs> Speaking of shots, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. that's a segue. That there we go. The setup was deep. <laughs> segue. Speaking of shots, in the news this week, we hear that. <laughs> Are you not? The finish is dropped. So wait, 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 wait. Oh. <laughs> It was slick this week. I was, I was so slick with it this that's, week. That's perfect. That's perfect. That. <laughs> Shots. Um, is, it, is his name George Zimmerman? George Zimmerman. George Zimmerman was able to sell the gun he shot Trayvon Martin with for, was it $200,000? Quarter, quarter of a mil. $250,000. $250,000. Uh, quarter of a mil. And the rifle itself, brand new, is $300. Mm. And you sold it for a quarter of a mil. Mm. To someone who said, I bought it for my son as a present. You waste, man! <laughs> I thought it was a woman. It was a woman. It was a woman. Okay. Just because you said waste, man, so we need to clarify. Oh, what? Well. <laughs> waste, <laughs> man. Waste, man. So how do you guys feel, 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 feel about that? Being, being able to sell the gun that you got away with murder with for such a higher, higher mm. price. Fam, that's a house. My, my thing is, my thing is, if, if I'm to buy, you know, people buy uh, LeBron's uh, shoes Sneakers. that he wore for the thingy. You know, they'll buy that at that ridiculous amount mm. because LeBron wore it. Mm. Or they'll buy Jordan things because he wore it, because he designed it. The unique selling point of this gun is they used it to kill an unarmed teenager. Yep. And that makes it worth 20 times what it, what it normally is. Like, who does that? Who, who is able to sit with, with a conscience and like, I'm actually buying this gun simply because... They used it for murder and got away with it. Because those are the people that believed George Zimmerman. They were the ones that were clapping for him 
I'm raising money for him mm-hmm. and supporting him. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, oh yeah, well done, well done, we're backing you. Like, there's people out there that believe he did a good thing. Which is it's, a bit, it's a bit backwards, isn't it? Yeah, America is not a, a, a nice place to live in these days if you're yeah. of the coloured variety. This is the thing, it's, it's a case of like, yo, he even had the audacity to put it up, like, yo, I'm selling this gun, yeah. this is the gun that I shot Trayvon. Yeah. Mm. Like, you had the audacity to put that up. It's a badge of honour for him, man. Yeah. Mm, so yeah That's and, what it is. And, and, and they consider it. The like, first yeah. side he tried to put it up on said, no, they're not going to. Oh, no, 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 they had it on, but then they had uh, Hulk's bid, uh, bidders. Yeah, so they made it <laughs> private so they could get the real people, the, the, the real money. I think the highest bid of uh, 100,000 or something uh, was by Racist McShootface. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so they had to take that down and put it on a, on a different site. Mm. It's it's extremely unfortunate. It's extremely unfortunate. I can't imagine how his family felt. For real, mm. his family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was mm. there was a statement from their lawyer, and it was just like bare adjectives. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not even a sentence. Adjectives. Just disgusting. This. this, this. Yeah, I can understand that. And it's like you get the emotions are such that they can't even string together a sentence. It's just like this is just. It's the um. Don't It's just like yo, like what? This is just outrageous. But in a in an article that I was reading, the person just said this. This is just one of the signs of white privilege. Mm. To be able to do that. Mm. And to have someone spend that much on it. Mm. So I guess a question to be asked is, <coughs> do we black people allow white privilege to happen or do we have no control over it? Mm. Do we allow it? Do we allow it to happen? Yeah. I think it's outside of our control. I think it's outside of our control. You think so? I think it's a case of there there are the same way that the laws that we need to abide by are to a degree outside of our control. This is somewhat out of our control as well. There's only so much that we can say and do right now at this very moment to be like, yo, you can't do this. Mm. Because there are higher quote-unquote powers. I'm not trying to sound like I'm trying to bust out the Illuminati talk or anything like that. But there there are laws and stuff that govern the land that aren't necessarily in our hands. And... The laws are permitting this, per se. Because some, how can you shoot a black guy in his back? He's laying on the floor. Who's seen the film Fruitville? Fruitville Station. Fruitville Station. Mm-hmm. The guy went. To, this guy went to prison. He saw a racist guy in prison. They had a fight in prison. Both of them came out on New Year's Day. They saw each other on the train. Obviously, the, the racist white guys with his boys, the black guys with his boys. The racist guy, white guy saw him. Tried to start a fight on the train. Um, Train got stopped, police got called. When police came, the white guys were able to mingle into the crowd and disappear. The black guys got called out. The main guy who went to prison, um, obviously he's like, we didn't do anything. Like, yo, where's the proof, blah, 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 this and that. But he's putting his hands up like I'm not being... They put the guy on the floor, face on the floor, handcuffed him behind his back. He's still talking. One guy, police officer, just took out a gun, shot him in his back. And it's a real story. It's not. It's not just filmed no it's that it actually happened mm. so at the end of it they had pictures of the guy they had pictures of his daughter of his girlfriend everything he was with his girlfriend 
but his girlfriend was out on the train station when he got shot. His daughter told him, don't go out, I can hear gunshots. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, don't worry, I'll be all right. His, he, he was laying face down on the floor. When was this though? A when couple was, years back. When was this set? Yeah, it, was, it was recent, but a, little, <laughs> a couple years back. Um, and the police officer that shot him got acquitted because he said he thought he pulled out a taser gun. While he was handcuffed. Whilst he was handcuffed. Yeah. Wait, he thought he pulled out a taser gun? No, he, the police officer thought that he, the gun rifle that he picked out yeah. was a taser gun. So he got acquitted. Alright, so on the subject of white privilege, um, the Arctic is in our control, yeah? Yeah. There's certain things that we can't really... We can raise awareness of it happening, but we can't necessarily stop it from happening. Case in point. So I used to work for a council. (laughs) That shall not be named. Let's not affect someone's political (laughs) And in this said council... um, one of the top of top people that was making, you know, like over a hundred thousand or whatever heads of service, um, got their daughter into a highly professional skilled role, okay, that paid a hell of a lot more than most of ours, yeah, without any form of qualification to do that job, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, how can I stop that? See, but the argument can be made, is that white privilege or is that yeah. nepotism? Where it is is, right, this is the reason why I say it's privilege, yeah? Because when certain white people, they have like their own rules in it, like they can bring people in, mm. in ways that we, we don't get those opportunities in the same way. You might be like your family didn't have to do their long struggle when they got here and stuff. But it's like, you can jump over people. That's privilege to me. But then isn't that the same in like, like back home in like Ghana and stuff? That's what I, I was thinking. I don't live in Ghana, so I don't have nothing to say about that. <laughs> but in terms of this, my argument would be that for the most part, those positions of power are kind of blocked off to us. Now, it's a case of you can work doubly as hard, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it comes back to the point that I was making that we need to work twice as hard to gain the exact same recognition. Mm. From the general sense of it, anyways, we need to work twice as hard to get. Now, there's a sense of well, it's just you being diligent at your craft and just doing what you need to do. But at the same time, it, it's a sense, there's a sense of inequality mm. where I need. Why do I need to be twice as fast to gain the same recognition as? Actually, no, you know, not that's a bad example because black guys are all up in them, <laughs> all up in them. That's the only time when them are like, yes, let's go get that Kenyan. <laughs> to do this, yes. Let's let's get this guy. Let's get that Jamaican to do. No, it's like in like a company. I more readily see when I was I used to work in Sainsbury's. Mm. Put you on blast. <laughs> <laughs> I saw more white store managers changing hands. We used to go for different store managers on a regular basis, at least every two years. The only ethnic minority I saw was Asian. Mm. everybody else was white mm. and we even had a couple racist managers who came in who was just calling every Asian guy Mr. Patel <laughs> literally <laughs> literally just like um, you Patel I was like no 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 my name is this why are you call and like it's a case of the, all the black managers were just left stuck at departmental managers they could not progress and it's okay, they were putting in work. They, from what I could see, they were putting in work. 
but literally deputy heads, everything, there was no ethnic minorities in them. Mm. And there's a case of if you if you've grown up to see images of it comes back to this whole quote unquote white Jesus thing. If if you only see the white figure as leadership mm. and you only see the black figure in menial positions, subconsciously you kinda associate this is my position. Now you can want to break out of that mm. but there is a lot more work that needs to go into it yeah. firstly you need to change your mindset and then you need to try to affect the mindsets of those around you mm. to be able to do that now that is a struggle within itself right, right. can i just um go back to my absolutely yes, please. No, please, yeah. okay so basically yeah <laughs> when when it got found out the relation between because she interviewed her mm. right straight up you interviewed your old child okay so <laughs> when when it came out yeah the black people heard about it okay <laughs> now a monolithic group yeah, no it was the black people <laughs> so i'm not i'm not outside of it it was the black people right so when they when they found out because there was whispers there was rumors you know obviously they had a little power okay mm. and they decided they were going to do an expose yeah. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> now what what was bad is that so they decided to write a letter uh, to expose the thing unfortunately oh. you know there weren't that uh, nobody proofed the letter oh. you know them ones where it's just like i understand what you're trying to do guys but like could you come better anyway <laughs> so they they you're put to tell me that microsoft word ain't got no <laughs> <laughs> Ain't got nothing to work in there there were certain things where I was like, oh. Don't trust Spellcheck, man. Don't oh. trust it. Because it sounded too ranty and mm. it wasn't oh. intelligent enough to like make the point. Anyway, um, what happened was then there was like a witch hunt for the people that had written the letter. Oh. Rather than dealing with the issue that has been exposed, mm. it was like, no, who are the little people that feel like they, they can talk, talk up their things? Mm. So that was one thing. The second thing so that I was going to say is that in the council as well, when I saw black people in positions of power, mm. it's very specific positions of power in it. Mm. Like, oh, you want to be head of the gangs team? Yes. We think that would be an excellent position for you, black mm. man. <laughs> you go there on the streets <laughs> and tell us how to sort out your people nah. and get nah. them to stop stabbing. Nah. Isn't, 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 isn't that quite cynical? It's quite cynical I've, of you. Listen, five years, yeah. All I'm saying is, all right. Let's say, okay. Examples, examples, right? So we was in a we was in a meeting, and the decision was made that you know the boys are stabbing each other, and we need to do some outreach on the street. Now in this meeting, is multicultural meeting, okay? <clears throat> so we're deciding who should lead this team to talk to the to the people and we're all qualified as youth workers to deal with young people mm. <clears throat> white man number one says to black man number one i think you'd be really good at doing this because you know you can connect with these kind of young people political mm. correctness yeah mm. and i feel you know if i went out there i would be a target Mm. Yeah. That's the mistake. <laughs> Black man number one says to white man number one, actually, if you went out there, 
they'd probably think you as a police officer, so you'd be safer than me. So I think you should go out there mm. and deal with these young people. And it's just, it's little things that happened over a period of five years where it was like, we don't mind if you succeed, just know your place. Even me, there were things that I got called to do and I'm very, I'm very good at my job. And I understand that, you know, there's some black people in that office that were the stereotype in it. Came in late every day, one hour and a half lunch breaks, can't find them, can't spell. <laughs> <laughs> Sending emails that just don't make sense. Like there were some of them that were there and I was just like, don't do it, like guys, come mm. on, like, like stop. So I was really aware of this, innit? So when I went in, I made sure not to associate myself with them people, right? The riffraff. No, I love you guys, I love you guys, yeah? Um, <laughs> I, no, but I was good. I was like, send me your reports first mm. so I can fix them for you and help you, yeah. Mm. So anyway, I, in meetings, what would happen, I went to one meeting, everybody else was white, I was the only black girl, and I, had points that were legit points. And what happened was, I said the points, no one said nothing. Mm. A white voice repeated my points in a white voice. And suddenly the whole room feels like a eureka moment mm. has happened in the room. And I'm sitting there like, okay, I, I just said that. And it's just, it's just ways where I feel like it's more embedded. It's not like outwardly, we're gonna stop you, mm. but things happen, and you feel it, and you know you're not just being paranoid. It's not. It's not just paranoia. Yeah. To add to what she said as well, one thing that really irritated me was she was put to work in a gang-infested area in the youth club at night when she was pregnant. Because that was appropriate. For now they knew she was pregnant. They hadn't done any risk assessment. Mm. There was gunshots. And now it's like, yo, yeah, you can go there and go do this in your condition. Mm. Mm. And I'm just like, that's that's not putting her safety or her knees first. Mm. And when the, and this is the thing in those situations, what would happen is the white members of staff would go to the youth club for like maybe two weeks, and then they'd be like, oh my god, I'm scared, and they'd get taken off the youth club, mm. and then we'd get put in. And then if I go and say, do you know what? Like, I feel really intimidated. They'd be like, oh no, like, so tell me why. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, let's have a conversation down, about it. Let's find some solutions. Like, what should we do? Should we add another member of staff? Would that make it better? Mm. Do we need more male people? Like, how about I'm not in there? <laughs> like, no, that's not legitimate. Mm. Because you can't, you shouldn't be scared of your own people. I feel like you're formalising policies, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm listening to the community. Yeah. Over that past. <laughs> so, in my office, it wasn't like there was a lack of diversity. I was not a token mm. at mm. all. But things happened, and I saw things that made me understand the politics in that situation. But did you feel like there was some kind of grand puppeteer kind of orchestrating all of this difference I, that you had a quite a different and unique experience as a black woman in this institution over your white counterparts or did you just think this was just the culture which was embedded and therefore perhaps it is an issue that can be overcome i guess you could say that the the culture is the puppeteer because Ooh. yeah rather than an individual Drake, person Drake, Drake. <laughs> yeah 
the poets in the room. Um, yeah, I would say that I don't feel like necessarily they always did it on purpose mm. or knew that they were doing it. But things would happen. Like, for example, they decided that they were going to um, pay for five people to get their social work masters. And a lot of people applied. Like, half the office applied. Because, you know, someone's going to put up seven grand for you to get a degree. Like, come on. We're not crazy, innit? Now, what happened was, a lot of people got interviewed. But the five people that got chosen were all white, blonde women. All five of them. And so there was a bit of muttering and utterings, <laughs> yeah. And also, it was the fact that... Mm, I can't say the bar. Okay, the place itself, yeah, that is not the population. So, like, you're just putting back social workers that don't relate to the people that they're working with. I'm not saying that white women shouldn't be social workers. That's what I'm saying. But things would happen. Like, for example, one African mother came in and she was really upset that um, her son was getting seen. And he was getting seen by this white woman. Okay. And she started talking about (laughs) spiritual stuff. Okay. And that, you know, this whole situation was was the enemy's plan to take her son off course and all these kind of things, okay? Now, I was there when this took place, yeah? Mm. I heard the whole spiel, okay? And I talked to her, because she was not talking to this wife, but she was just like, no, you just come out. She's a white devil. <laughs> she didn't say that. She didn't say that, okay? Mm. She wasn't of the white people or the devil people. Like, she wasn't on that. So I spoke to her, <coughs> and I just said to her, do you know what, we're not trying to derail him, we're trying to put him back on track. All these things that we're putting in place are interventions to get him away from the things that you're trying to get him away from, mm. so you need to help us help him, kind of thing. When I went in the team meeting, and the woman that was working with him told the story, she presented the mum as a mental health case now this is where people need to be represented so i felt like it was my responsibility in this meeting to challenge her perception of what occurred Mm -hmm. because i was like she loves her son and yes she has a very strong faith but that doesn't mean she's got mental health issues Mm -hmm. like they're totally they're totally different Mm -hmm. so yeah there's just things (laughs) it's a whole lot of things to, to go to the point about um, the social work master's degree mm-hmm. and the five blonde women, were they? Could it not be argued that they were chosen on merit? And then isn't that a, quite a kind of confusing issue to get into? It could rates? be if they weren't all the best candidates. But how do you know that they weren't the best? Having worked in the team. Okay, it's like this. Let's say that the regional manager, yeah, mm-hmm. she likes to drink on a Friday Jeez. and she goes to a certain gym and all these five girls all drink with her on a Friday and they all do yoga at the gym at lunchtime together and then they all get the five cases on the Masters. Mm. But then couldn't it be argued that because she spends time with them, she's, she, she understands the character a bit better. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it could be. It, it could be argued, could but be at the same time, it doesn't remove the suspicious nature yeah. of, of yeah. No, no, no. how they've been chosen. And, yeah, it's, it's just that. It's, but then, would you want to, like, 
would you have wanted to be chosen? Because I didn't go for it, so I didn't feel any kind of thing against me. Okay, but that, okay, okay, let's say you went for it. Would, mm-hmm. you, would you wanted? Would you have wanted to have, to have got it? Or like, okay, let's say they gave it to you, mm-hmm. but then you found that it was so they could fill the quota. Would you be happy with accepting? I would still it? pray Jesus, and I'd be like, boy, that's, that's like applying for a job and then getting it, and just like, was it just to, to fill? But the quota? you know, on some jobs in the application, they say we would specifically like to hear from women and those from BMAE. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they say that, mm-hmm. so. You know, like they, um, they're specifically. But then, but then, why? Why is it when it, it's an advantage? It's okay when it's a disadvantage to the person. Okay, so this is this is it. I think if there weren't other things like how they got treated in relation to other people, there was lots of little things. So that when they got it, everyone was like, "Oh well, we knew it was going to be them," mm. kind of thing, because of other things. I don't. I don't. Some of them were good for it. Like, and I think at least three of them. Should have got it anyway, at least three. <laughs> but then, okay, so for example, like, I went for a promotion mm-hmm. after a year, a year and a half. <clears throat> and I've got the promotion. <laughs> and I'm black, okay. It's possible, people, it's possible. <laughs> um, and I was happy, obviously. But then what happened was, I got the promotion, and there were other people who didn't, yeah, who were white who kind of didn't like the fact that I got it. Mm. So they would say things to me like, what did you do at uni again? Mm. What did you do before you came here? Oh, so you got the worker post. Oh. Hmm, I went for that. You know like them little comments? Mm. Mm. Uh, it's just, it's almost like they didn't feel like I could do the post. Mm. Based on I don't know what my lovely skin complexion, probably. But it's it's just those little things that will add up and make your experience not a, not necessarily a great one. One thing I've seen on social media a lot is with with black people. There's this, or not so much these days, but a bit in the past, like maybe one two years ago, there was this whole notion of uh, when I get into a high position, I'm going to use that position to allow more black people to get into those high positions. Mm-hmm. And people were like, yeah, that's 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 a good thing. But then, if that was a white person that said it, or 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 like that's what happens with white people, mm-hmm. there's a problem with that. I think so. It's so, so it, it's almost like there's a double standard. The reason, the reason, oh, do you know, <laughs> the reason that I believe there's a problem with it is because white people are, from the from the looks of it, anyways, already occupying those positions, and it's they they're more white people in those positions than black people in those positions but in saying that i have a qualm with black people anyways but it's a case of we don't support each other when um we don't tend to support each other when we go get into high positions a black person will start a company and then we will come yo hook me up discount discount i don't want to pay full i don't want to pay full price like a black graphic designer yo you know what God will bless you. Just do it for the church. <laughs> do it for the church. God will bless you. But it's, and it's like we're, we're kind of arguing that we're not advancing, but we're not helping each other advance. Asians will keep family-run businesses within the family. They'll hire family members. They will keep everything running. The American Black Wall, Wall Street, they would spend their money within their own black community. 
and they became so successful that the KKK came and burned down the whole place. And that shows how we can actually affect each other and help each other rise to certain positions. And that's why I was speaking about affecting the mindsets of those around us as well. Not just our mindsets, but those around us. So it's, it's all good and well us having this mentality that, yes, we can make it. But unless we've got a community backing us, and we're back in the community as well. It's kind of we're kind of sh- selling ourselves short. Can I answer you? Mm-hmm. So I, I would love to see you know black top officers, and in in a way, I do want to go to top positions so other people can come after me. But my thing is that I'm gonna let you just jump in. But my thing is the way I present myself in this role, and the way other people are gonna see that I can do this job and do it well as a black woman is going to change their mindsets. So that when they when another black woman comes for an interview, they're not just going to be having misconceptions because they've had a good experience. But then, for every one good black woman like you, there's like fifty on Facebook, Twitter, and all that. I understand that, but sometimes all it takes is one for them to be like, "Oh, well, they're not all the same, are they?" Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's when I, well, I've worked for lots of places, but I've gone where people have been like oh you know when you walked in after I got the job in it like when you walked in like I wasn't really sure you know um but after hearing you speak I realized that you could actually do the job now I could take that I'd be like all upset about it or whatever but what I thought was that okay cool I've broken one stereotype for you that's good because then when I finish this job quiet staying here with your stereotype self forever like other people will be able to have access mm. Mm. Peter's proper got his hand Peter's <laughs> been a bit quiet so let's, uh, let's ask Peter let, a question let me, let me drop something as well sorry in terms of what <laughs> Vincent said do you have something no 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 oh, go on, go on. In, in terms of what Vincent said in terms of, um, regarding what Vincent said in terms of um, whether it's um, just the situation or the circumstance or yeah. rather than someone um, upstairs or whatever, puppeteer and everything. Um, I know that there's a lot of conspiracies about, yeah, there's this Illuminati, whatever, mm. just trying to control things from the background. I don't necessarily hold to those conspiracy theories. Um, the Bible says that the world is evil. So the, the system in which we're living in is evil. It is not set up to be righteous. Mm. So I don't hold to the fact that I'm not, so, even if there is someone that I'm not surprised by. Because mm. the Bible tells us that this is the world we live in. Mm. So I'm not necessarily saying or not we need to discover the identity of who this person is or this organization, witch hunt, get them down, burnt. No, 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 no. We need to address the. It's institutionalized racism. We need to address that. We need to address the mindsets of. Um, of like um, work areas. Mm. And to. Go to just show that, no, you know what? Yes, some black people are worse. I'm sometimes that guy that will come in 15 minutes late, consistently for the whole week. <laughs> On your birthday. <laughs> and, then, and then try and leave early. Yeah. I'm sometimes that guy. I'll be jamming there at lunchtime and I'll be like, you know what? I don't want to go back. Mm. But I'm like, you know what? I can't then complain and say, oh, just stereotypes. As Peter says, some stereotypes have got an element of truth to them. But it's down to us to kind of change it but it's a, it's a sense of some things are so ingrained that it's going to take a whole load of work what's ingrained the mentalities and the the stereotypes and the 
preconceptions, the pre pre preconceived notions. That's mm. it. Um, are so ingrained that people take them on without necessarily realizing them. Like Peter said one time on his Facebook, so I, I feel no way addressing this. He was standing at a bus stop and he had his phone in his hand. And then there was like a couple boys that came around three him. Three boys. Three boys, three black boys that came around him. <laughs> Immediately, like, Kyoko's shoulders went right through his head. Yo, if this person grabs my phone, basically low, just axe kick to the throat, just take... And then they started talking to him about the phone. Mm. They were tech heads as well. And mm. they, they, they were just talking about the gadgets and stuff. Mm. And even he realised he realised that he had that stereotype mm. based yeah. on the way they looked. Yeah. So it's a case of... We have these stereotypes. You yeah. might you might be walking through ends, you see someone like, yo, you know what, I don't want to cross the road today. <laughs> Literally, I yeah. might go yeah. home without my shoes. Yeah. <laughs> like I would I walked to Peter's house one time, yeah, and I had my hoodie up. Peter said he knew it was me, but he still feel intimidated. intimidated. <laughs> so feel kind of way, like hold on. <laughs> and it's like these are all stereotypes. Yeah. Mm. I personally like to present myself that way just to break the stereotype. Mm. Mm. It doesn't always work. Because sometimes I fall into that stereotype. Mm. But I personally like to talk slang, blah, 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 this and that. But when it comes down to the issue, I can be, you can see that there is sense to what I'm saying. Mm. Once you break through that initial stereotype, you can see that, yes, I know what I'm talking about. Mm. Um, but we do have to address the system within itself. How? And that's the question. That's the, that's the massive question, how? Because some people are so fixed in its ways and sometimes it's ignorance. Mm. Sometimes it's just something that we just take for granted. Um, when I was in college, mate, the amount of racism that was flying around that room, yeah? There was a Chinese guy in the room. We used to act like call him Ferrari headlights. Literally. Literally, like, just Ferrari headlights. And it was just like, it was just so peak. The whole class was just in on it. Um, what do you guys think about reverse racism? So, like, you know how, how like, <coughs> us, black, us black people can, can, can like, make jokes about white people all day long, but as soon as a white person says something about us black people, oh, racism, yeah, racism, racism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about the power, though. No, I think it's a double standard. I think if we're going to really break through it in answering the how, we need to we need to put some of these things we need to put them aside you know mm-hmm. even stuff like the n word and let's not go into that conversation here but it's like those sort of double standards uh, it's okay for me to joke about it but someone it makes it easier for you to not be taken seriously mm-hmm. you know it, it it cuts away at what progress has been made you know and i think saying everything one thing that points that comes out is like life isn't fair it's not fair, you know, and it might be we have to work twice as hard to gain the same recognition. Complaining about it might not necessarily be the best way to do it. And I think there's room for people to advocate conversations about it. I think that's necessary. And that's one angle in which, you know, institutionalized racism is being addressed. You've got people talking about it. But then on the other side, we just need to be better then. If I need to work twice, twice as hard, I will work twice as hard. I, I fully hear you, mm. but that is very tiring. It is tiring, but this is life. No, no, no. This, this, this is this is what this. I don't think you quite understand it. It's a case of if, for me, to get to a certain position, mm. I need to work twice as hard. Mm. And when I'm in that position, I still need to work twice as hard to keep it. I'm just gonna be like, what's the point? Oh, the point is to get there. No, no. The, Once you get there, that's 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 the thing. Because then 
it becomes it becomes an excuse. It's twice as hard for me to get somewhere, so I'm not going to work twice as hard. I'm going to stay and complain. Jesus. And and that's 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 the situation that we find most of most of the time is the case. Like yes, I'm not saying that it's right. It's not. But then what are we going to do about it? We can complain and complain and complain. We've been complaining. That's that's what we do. But I think, but I think we do, I think we do work twice as hard. Not everybody. I can't say like as a whole. This is an unfortunate thing. No, but I'm saying like most of us. All right, let me talk about most of the people I know. Because that's a smaller <laughs> majority. Uh, most of the people I know that are black grew up in a household where, from a young age, they were told, and it was embedded in their upbringing, that no one is going to give you a free ride. You want something, you're going to have to go after it and go hard and when they start chucking things in your path you're going to have to learn how to do some acrobatics as you go on Mm -hmm. and there's people that have succeeded in education and then they hit blocks that are very difficult to overcome it's not that they didn't work twice as hard a lot of those people finished with first and are still working at Sainsbury's because they're getting blocked because their last name is Oluwafe. <laughs> no, so what I'm saying no. is, mm. what I'm saying is, yes, it can appear to be an, an excuse. Yeah, mm. I'm very blessed because I have to struggle for no jobs my whole life. I'm sorry for everybody that's had to struggle. <laughs> I've always got interviews and got jobs. Mm. But like my brother finished uni how many years ago, and he's like when I say he's been applying for jobs, yeah, mm. every day, every day. He's got interviews, he's had interviews, he's impressed them. They're talking about, oh, you you did the best presentation, you did the best this, 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 this. But you know what, like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna give you the job. It's demoralizing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You continue to keep trying and pressing and pressing and all you Mm -hmm. keep getting is rejection. You know, that's why I think a lot, there's more entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. coming in our generation because it's like, you know what, I'm going to step out and do yeah, something so. myself. Yeah, because yeah. no one ain't trying to give me nothing. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's an avenue that kind the of... The issue that well. I have with that is, mm. what, coming back to the initial issue, we don't support each other. That's, not that's, not that's as a culture thing mm. for us. Not as, not as much as we could. Yeah, and that's so a culture like, thing for not, us that yeah, we need to... Yeah, yeah we yeah, support yeah, each other. That's, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. there's a case of yeah. a lot of people are starting to be a lot more... What's the word again? Entrepreneurial. Thank you. No, I, I didn't want to mention it and then make a little slight little. It's okay, It's It's a case of when we do start to do that, we need to get behind each other mm. and help each other out, mm. support each other. Um, buy things at full price. <laughs> no, every day. Sometimes hollow your bridges to buy them at full price as well. Mm. Don't worry if you don't need it, you might need it someday. It's full. <laughs> But yeah, and that's it. But as Tamina was saying, it is demoralising. I went for... um, I wasn't in the position of getting a first, but like, it's just a case of... I went for interviews after interviews after interviews. Just just nothing. Absolutely nothing. The reason I got my initial job um, in the school was because the guy was black. He's a hard case. He's Nigerian. Um... Yeah, let's get the black guy to work with him. It was me and another white guy who actually went there and were like, yeah, let's get the black guy to work with him. And that that was the main reason I got it. And, yeah, it's like, it's a plus and a negative because mm-hmm. it's like, I, I got a job. But 
You got because you're black. I kind of got put. That's what I'm saying. It's a plus and a negative because yes, I need. I wanted the job. Field I wanted to get into. I got into it primarily because the guy was black. He was a hard case, and I was like, all right, cool. Let's get a black guy to work with him. All the guys that I've been working with, the guy have been predominantly black. The white guys who worked with him went back to the Senko. was like, yo, I can't work with him. <laughs> Swapped. These times I'm talking to the Senko saying, yo, like, the relationships becoming unfruitful. Now you got to tough it out. What can we do to help you? Yeah. <laughs> That's the difference. That's the difference. But, um, okay, what was, it? what was the next question? Um, the next question I wanted to direct towards... Question, why do you think, like, from your opinion, from being mm. around people, like politicians and stuff, yeah. why do you think there are not as many black people interested in going down the political political route? I don't... I think people are interested. I think it's just about opportunity and how to get there. Um, I mean, I was interested for a time. I probably still am. Um, but it's about, can you really tough it out in a backdrop of perhaps, you know, 500 white people and really make a difference for the people you have grown up with and I think sometimes the answer is genuinely no Um, and I think to be a real meaningful change you have to really climb the greasy pole and you have to sell out quite a bit so when you say climb the greasy pole just image of a stripper (laughs) 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 sell out just just cut out stop I'm already doing that but it means and, and sell out on, on some of the issues that really matter to black and minority ethnics um, because it's not politically expedient um, to do something in a particular fashion which would favour them um, and for many people that's unpalatable um, because how, how can you I know for me if I was ever in the role of politics and I had to sell out the biggest question I'd face is how do I go back to my constituency and say that I honestly represent you because mm. I, I really couldn't do that and I think there are many people you know who aren't black but many people who want to be politicians of integrity and the current political landscape does not allow you to do that uh, and so, you know, there are other means by which you can affect change and, and do great and wonderful things without having to climb the greasy pole and, and you know, having to do all of that sort of business. Okay. So I think that's the reason. But definitely there is a new generation which is aspirational and kind of wants to kick down every glass ceiling. Um, and to them, I hope that, you know, they, they maintain that sense of integrity and honesty um, and are really able to affect change for the people that they grew up with. Mm. I feel like I should clap. For... <laughs> that was actually <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, thank you. Can I answer that question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, Benton. Hi. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to SAS. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. SAS. SAS. He only lives 10 minutes away. I know, I know. <laughs> That's why I said it. Because I wanted to do it back in the room. Anyway, what 
is your experience mm-hmm. being in um different circles yeah how do you find people perceive you i i think i before always, they talk to you and after people are very interested to know my background because of my voice um and because of the way i speak you should go on radio and <laughs> and they're always interested to work out you know what do your parents do um, and my parents do, you know, very honourable jobs. My mum's a, you know, a chef, my dad's a nurse. Um, I grew up on, you know, a council estate. Um, and we went on to, my parents went on to go and get their house. My experience is no different to anybody else's. Um, what I would say would be the real difference for me has just been that drive of, if you want to succeed, you have to, you know, learn to assimilate a bit. Um, and I think definitely the circles that I have been in um, have made that a bit more necessary. Mm-hmm. I went to a very middle class school. Um, I perhaps was one of the only working class people there, but that informed my opinions. That perhaps you know made my language change a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm perfectly proud of who I am. I think what annoys me sometimes is the assertion that I'm not black because of the way I speak or the way I dress or the way I carry myself. Do you think you get that more from black people? I do get that more from black people. And for me, it is... It's annoying. It's worse than that. It's Mm. just... It makes my blood boil because to to feel that I am not black because I do not choose to supposedly lower my standards or supposedly speak with the same lingo. I admire the fact that you could speak with, you know, such clarity with, you know, the, the slang that you do. I couldn't. Yeah. And it would be inauthentic for me mm-hmm. to do so. Yeah, of course. And I want to be authentic to myself. But it doesn't mean I do not enjoy a piece of chicken like the same, you know, <laughs> black person. I do. I happily do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm a different breed of black person. I don't think that enough black people acknowledge that black is not monolithic. There are yeah. many different shades of black. And we need to... <laughs> something to say. And we need to accept that and support every single black person. I had friends who, you know, were in gangs. I had friends who, you know, spoke the lingo. We didn't, you know, have, have every shared experience the same. But, you know, that common bond that, you know, we're all black, we're all in this together, we're all trying to, you know to strive and achieve no, was, was something that, you know, united us. I think that as well is indicative of the fact that the black culture in and of itself almost doesn't want to come out of, you know, that, that stereotype or doesn't want to come out of the idea that if you're black you need to sag your pants and you need to fight and you need mm. to be angry all the time. Because mm. then when you are not doing those things, you're not considered black enough. Yeah. You know, and, and that's why, like, a lot of the race, the the race, the race issues. I think I find it harder to try and change the white man's mind, or if there is that, you know, this, you know, property or whatever. Mm. I think it's more important to change our minds, uh, as as more you were saying. It's more important for us to to see that yes, the cards are set against us. You know, it's it's not fair. But are we going to just complain about it or are we going to do something? Are we going to change and, and then be better mm. in order to break through? I think... Oh, sorry. No, go for it. I've spoken a lot today. You have, actually. <laughs> no, it's not a bad thing. I just made. I think, in terms of what you said, 
Peter and and about us not wanting to come out of like the blackness. The, I think it's because we we think if we don't have that, then what have we got necessarily? So like because a lot of people struggle to get past it. They're like, okay, we're just gonna own this section, mm. and um, we're gonna make the best out of a bad situation. But this is our situation. Mm. It's not a general situation, as we know. But we kind of, we kind of claim it. Um, it's just like when back in the day we used to get the little jugger jugger pieces of meat, yeah. But we turn them into some banging recipes. We're like, well, we, that's what we do, and that's us. This is how we survive. And by seasoning the meat. <laughs> Any piece of the meat, you know, we get chicken foot soup, you know, like, we don't... Cow foot stew, So, I think, um, <coughs> not everybody comes from a family where there are aspirations. Mm-hmm. And so, if your parents don't feel like you can get anywhere, mm-hmm. and you don't feel like you can get anywhere, all you have is your blackness. That's, that's your identity, isn't it? That's mm-hmm. what makes you you. Mm-hmm. And you feel connected to your community based on the struggle mm. like this is how we relate to each other and so what happens is vincent for example meets black guy on road yeah and he's like you don't get me because he's made assumptions mm. based on the fact that you talk differently mm. he's far from correct mm. but what he wants is to be understood so he's like well you can't understand me so i'm not gonna try and understand you because it's gonna make me feel bad about myself when you told me about your big house with a garden and a pool or whatever. Mm. So, because when, because I work, well, I used to work in youth offending, and as we know, a lot of young black boys get in the prison system. And after they get their order and they have to come see me once a week or whatever, five minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, that's for you. Um, What I find is, the root causes of their issues start from home, usually. And the reason why they're in these situations is because they don't believe there's anything else. Mm. I'm gonna be in a gang and this is my life because I can't do what you do. And I don't have the education or the brain power to, to go to uni. Like those things don't even come. It's like, if I get to 18, that's an achievement. And, and that's, that's, that's their true life. Mm. So I think it's, it's sad. I think there needs to be more of us that are succeeding, connecting with those that feel like they can't succeed and showing them that it is, it is possible. Mm-hmm. To add to that as well, um, I had a couple of, a couple of um, lads that I know just down the road actually. One of them works in like um, an insurance firm and he says all of his clients who are actually thinking about um, retirement funds or stuff are mainly white. And he was actually thinking that, yo, why aren't, why don't I have any black clients? Why, why aren't black people thinking about their retirements? And his brother says something very interesting that most of them, in ter- at least in terms of Africans, most of the African, more elderly p- people that I hear came over here. Mm. And so they, they're just at the position of trying to find their feet. Mm. And because of that, when they, the advice they pass on to their children is get your education, get a secure job, enjoy your life. 
mm. not necessarily try to establish anything. Mm. So if you if you go to a typical African parent and it's like, you know what, I want to do arts, mm. like, for what? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? How is it going to pay your bills? Mm. They're very practical. There's no there's not much room for exploration. Even though and the arts industry is huge and there's a lot of jobs. Mate, there's, no, there's not much room for exploration. There's not much room for um, diving into different things and exploring and trying to establish something. Mm-hmm. It's very much clamp onto something that has already been established that provides you security. And that's due to the mentality of coming over here where they've had to put things into place. And that mentality of just finding security sometimes trickles down into the next generations. Mm-hmm. So as Jamelia was saying, if you grow up in, this, in, a, in an environment where at the age of 13, someone has always got the new trainers, mm. you're like, yo, how are you doing this? Because my mom's struggling to keep the lights on. Mm. How are you managing to not only keep the lights on, but to have new trainers every day? You're like, yo, I'm selling drugs. This person's going to see it as, that's my security. Mm. That's and the- usually they start off with good intentions. Like, I'm, I'm going to sell drugs to get out of this, and then I'm going to get a I want to help my mum to be able to help my little brother, this and that. And then the money comes, the women comes, the notoriety comes, and you're just like, yo, this, this is the life. Yeah. Not knowing that the police are right on their heels. Even that some of them know that. I've been in a house when like, my neighbour just housed or raided. Mm. Not here, obviously. But my neighbour's <laughs> house raided. And like... I was like, yo, like, I used to get stopped and searched outside of my door. Mm. And that's the, society that I was, that's the society that I was living in where that was what we were aspiring to because that provided security. If you're in a gang culture, that provides security. No one was really there telling us, aim for more. Mm. There is more. Mm. And that, when you've been exposed to that from a young age, that's all you kind of you know. We've got kids in my school who do not care about their GCSEs because they're already selling drugs. And they're like, I don't need this. And I'm I just make like, money, more money than you, sir. And I'm like, yo, like, <laughs> you're, only, you're only going to do this up to a certain point. Mm. If you don't get arrested, unless you're Tony Montana moving the whole UK, mm. you, you're going to be struggling to buy your baby's pampers. And that's the reality. But that's all they know. So it is a case of, yes, we need to change, but we need to present something different yeah we need to, and plus in presenting something different my major thing is I don't want to present something different only to blacks mm. I want to present something different to the other races about blacks mm. and so I want to address it both I just don't want to be like blacks we need to fix up forget about it let's just fix up I want to be like yo whites Asians whatever Chinese whatever like there's so much more and not just within the black um, culture, but within the Asian culture, within white culture, there's so much more than just privilege. There are human beings, there are experiences, there are emotions, there are cultures, there are um, past experiences, and this is what connects us. We are human beings before anything else, and this is what we need to appreciate. So it isn't necessarily that um, because Black Lives Matter, all other lives don't, but to shed light. And to allow people, black people to know that, yes, our lives do matter. We need to aspire for more. And to allow other races to be like, yes, black lives do matter. We need to try to change stereotypes, not only about blacks, but about races in general. Mm. Not every Chinese person does Kung Fu. Mm. But some people are like, oh, you're Chinese. Do you know Jackie Chan? (laughs) (laughs) 
there was a there was a episode of um, quickly before we wrap up episode of Family Guy. Um, what's it? What's his name? Peter Griffin goes to Chinatown. Any person you saw, hey Jet Li. No, it's not me. Hey Jet Li, and that's a stereotype. Yeah, it's always the Peters, you know. <laughs> Shots. So yeah, um, that's for me. That's that's my main mm. concern. I just don't want to change black perspectives. I want to change everyone looking at blacks, including black people. So I want to provide a platform where we can do that as as a people. Change not only perceptions about us, but our perceptions about ourselves. Mm. So do it kind of simultaneously. But yeah, that's that's my last. Uh, I think that would be a good place to wrap up. We've talked about we've talked a lot about the problems. So I definitely think we need a part two when we discuss how we can how or like the change that needs to happen and how we can put those changes into effect. Mm. But we won't go into that now because we're running out of time. So um, 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 attacks. Yeah, thanks. Thank you to Vincent for coming down. Vincent, do you have do you have any handles you'd like to put out there? I would like to put out there Nancy Meets, oh, uh, yeah. which is um, the series that I'm involved in, which is coming out in September. Nancy. Nancy Meets. Um, Nancy has also been a guest on the podcast. Yeah. So if you have been an avid listener, you would have heard of us a couple times. If not, man, you need to re- repent. Go back, listen, <laughs> come back to this year. Nancy Meets. When is it dropping again? It drops on September 4th. September 4th. Keep a lookout. Look for it on Facebook. Like the page. Do you have any Twitter handles, Instagram handles? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Anani Nimo. Can you spell that for us? Uh, that's A-N-A-N-E and then Nimo N-I-M-O-H. Shout out to... Let me get a shot. Partners in Rhyme. Yeah. Oh yeah! Who provides with the intro and outro music. It's there. Calvin Turner Calvin Turner of Toro Media <laughs> he did the other amazing logo design um, you can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash the blacksmith furnace no apostrophe um, on iTunes the blacksmith furnace with an apostrophe twitter is at the furnace UK the email address, email address is TBS. tbsfurnace at hotmail.com yep. sending those fan letters you know <laughs> <laughs> let's start a revolution um, and it's worth noting as well, any podcast app you use to get podcasts, uh, Pocket Cast, Podcatcher, whatever, um, you should be able to find us on there as well. Are we on Spotify? Because IBK actually said we should try to get on Spotify. I haven't put us on Spotify yet, no. I, I, I'll try, I'll look into it, yeah. Because he said it'll make us laugh a whole lot. I shouldn't have put this on blast, but yeah, it was saying that. No, yeah, Shout out IBK. I don't know. Anyone want to put on any other handles? You should put on your handle, but there's no handle at the minute. Just wait. There I'll, is a handle. I'll, the Bobby A event. B. Yeah, that's that's not that's not. Do they do Okay. <laughs> so anyway, that's the blacksmith for this. Signed it out. Black.